in my area. Um, some of you, when you were going to camp, or like some of you might infer, or going somewhere on a retreat, you might infer a speaker speak about before his, his message, for a message that would be explaining the gospel to the students, saying, you are here for a purpose, you're not here by accident. And for us, that is true, and later before that, I didn't really know that would be for me until two years ago. When, he, when you would hear a preacher saying, God has a purpose and a plan for you. And you're here in a place, like in this room, that is reserved for you in the seat that you're sitting in right now. And for me, I, two years ago, I would never think about me being here tonight, speaking to you guys, especially at this church, because it was not this church that I was going to, it wasn't one of the churches that I had in mind when coming to Korea. Because when my sister asked me when I, before we moved if I was going to look for a youth group, and I, the answer I told her was no. Because of my age, and that I was looking, like, headed, like thinking about my future, and I needed to start looking for a job. And I told her I probably wouldn't be, but I'd be working Wednesday nights instead of going to youth. And of course, as you can see, that God changed that plan for me. And I started my first job in Rio was working at Quick Trip off of 14 near the Pelham Hospital. And of course, I thought, okay, I can do this six hours six hours per day, um, six days a week, five days a week. I just, yeah, five days a week. And then once I started working, I was like, okay, I can do this, $12 an hour. And then as things tighten up with training stuff, with my disability and stuff, my trainer got on me saying that you need to be quick good stuff and all the things that need to be done. So doing all that stuff and then the, like, the full training was like five days, and then the training says, okay, you know, if you're quick enough, you're going to pass this training. And then on day three, he was like, are you sure you're cut out for this job? Are you sure? Because he said directly to me that the cyber job is not meant for everyone. And then I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to give it another try. And like, I was doing my best, and they were looking for people who would work really fast in a fast, busy pace. And then he said to me on the following day that we should, you should be, we, I should be training you in the kitchen, but I'm not because it's still slow on the cab register. And for some reason, for me, it's kind of a little bit. A little bit, you know, stupid of what they want, how fast you should come to change back to the employees, I mean the customers, and what he said that under 30 seconds you should have the change in their hands under 30 seconds. And I was not cutting that, and I cut, I wasn't cutting that limit. I was like probably a minute or two, a minute and a half, and he said that I should speed up the process of counting change back to the customers.
and then he had me do cigars and clothes. That didn't work out because I'm colorblind, so you know, that I'm just going to find another job. And then I went to Wendy's and Duncan, and I worked there for about eight, six to eight months there, and I learned their business. And then, my, and then now, my sister, about a year now, my sister said, oh, there's a Wendy's going to be building up at 101, off of 101. So I applied there, and then, like, the day after, the second day, the district manager called me up and said, hey, I would like to come for an interview. So I told him my business, and I learned about the business in 101, I mean the Wendy's, and then he said that he was going to put me in management, training for management, so I started training for that, and I started the first week in February, and it's right now the end of March, so it was pretty easy since I knew the business inside and out, and then the general manager who was going to be at the one-on-one store agreed with the district manager that I would be good fit for management. So right now, they're having me train more on management positions right now. <coughs> the general manager has placed me as a lead trainer right now to train other people so they can learn stuff when they go to one on one store. And what the general manager said that April 18th, that's a Monday that the Windows on 101 will be open. If you have any Bibles, uh, can you, we'll be reading through passages, but right now we'll be reading in Mark 14, 22 through 25. And, as, and my title of the message is The Empty Grave. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing, if after blessing him, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take it, for this is my body. And he took it, took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is, this is, and he got to give it to them, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my body. I mean the blood of the <coughs> which is poured out for me. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it, new in the kingdom of God. His blood is poured out for many. God's love is poured out to the whole world. His blood poured out for you and for me that was shed on the cross. Philippians chapter 2, 7-11. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human being. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every time confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory to God of the Father, Jesus was willing to be obedient even if he knew 
Even though he endured, he would suffer greatly, such as disbelief, persecution. He also suffered everything, everything else that he, we are suffering today, which was grief, loneliness, depression, as well as agony before going to the cross. My first point of view is Jesus sacrificed everything so that you and I could have a relationship with God, the Father. Jesus did not come into this world to condemn the world, but he also came into this world to save it. Jesus came into this world to redeem what was lost, to set the captives free, and to have a relationship with us. But the devil was trying to destroy God's plan of salvation, even though God has already won. Jesus defeated death and sin, rising again on the third day. So in this frame, time frame of Jesus giving us the victory, even though God has already won, Satan is still trying to prevail people to his plans in his ways, through his lies and evil schemes, like he did with Adam and Eve. Jesus offers you forgiveness, hope, love, peace, and a life to the full. Jesus offers you eternal things. Satan offers, what does Satan offer you? Satan offers you lie, greed, jealousy, worldly things that will mean nothing to us at the end of, your, of our lives when we die. Jesus offers you eternal stuff. Your relationship with God begins when you acknowledge and accept Him as the Savior, Lord and author of your life. And going a little further, Father, He fell on His face and prayed, saying, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as your will. Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus was obedient to the Father, even if it cost him his life. Jesus was despised and rejected by men. He was acquainted with grief. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. To this end was I born. And for, his, and for this, because I was born into this world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the, of the truth listens to my voice. One of the criminals who, hang, who hung on the cross railed at him, saying, are you not the Christ who saved yourself and us? But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our day deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. The criminal who said, save yourself in us as well. That's what Jesus was actually doing. He was saving us from the penalty of sin because, he, because the wages of sin is death. But the other criminal found faith and confessed that he did wrong. He had faith of who Jesus was. And because of this criminal's faith, Jesus said, truly I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. My Next point of view is Jesus had the authority.
to call his father to send more than 12 legions of angels to come rescue him. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels to save me from this wicked world when Jesus hung on the cross? But because of being God, being rich in mercy, he loved us to the end forever. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots, divide his garments. Forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. For it is finished. The plan of God's salvation is finished. Jesus declared that the grave has no claim on me. On you and this whole world, because Jesus is forgiven is our living hope, because the truth will set you free. Jesus is the way and the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. And as you heard in the story, when Pilate, the story of Pilate, when Jesus was brought out, he was standing on the stage with Pilate and Barabbas. And Jesus, and Pilate was standing on the stage saying, I have Jesus, the Son of the living God, before Barabbas, who is a murderer, who is a rebel against Rome, who led in killing people. And he asked the crowd, who do you say, who do you want? Because Pilate knew that the Jews had a tradition on a holy, tradition on a holy day that they would release a prisoner on death row. And Pilate asked, who do you want us to be set free? Who do you want me as Pilate set free? And the crowds and the religious rulers wanted the crowd to say, We want Barabbas, who is a murderer. And they, and they said, But this man, Jesus Christ, the son of the living one, who did no wrong, you want him to be crucified? And they changed it Crucify him. Crucify him. And Barabbas, who did nothing, I mean, who murdered people, their crowd wanted murder to be set free. And when we look at the story, really, who Barabbas is, Barabbas is like us, a murderer who lies, who steals at that time, before we even acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior, because sin was born into this world. And so, Pilate asked again, Who do you want? We want Barabbas. So as Barabbas walks off the stage, welcomed by his crowd of people, Barabbas thought the crowd is set him free. But instead, Jesus, the love of the Father, says, No, the crowd did not set him free. I did. Because of the love of the Father himself, wanted Barabbas to be set free. He says, you know what? Be forgiven. I forgive you. Even though God himself knew that. Even though the rapist walked off the stage. And never acknowledged who Jesus is. And says, I'm welcome. I'm back. I'm back. Even though Barabbas did not acknowledge who Jesus was, Jesus says, it's fine, let, let Barabbas go, because Jesus himself wanted to go free, 
because of his love. And Jesus looked up at us, go and be set free. <laughs> Live your life as a free man. Because I will pay the price. I will take your place. And so, as Jesus says, go, as God says, go, Jesus stands here and says, take me. Because I will take your sin. I'll take. I love you that much. God's mercy is that deep. So every depression, Jesus has conquered. Jesus got to say, you got to lay down at Jesus' feet. He will give you the peace that you need. Every struggle and darkest day, He has won. Just remember the empty grave. Just come to Jesus and He will give you rest. Jesus came to heal what was broken. Will you let your faith change the atmosphere? For my life, for all your glory. He offers his gift of eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. For while yet we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How big is God's love for us? God's love for us is very indescribable. We cannot outrun it, we cannot flee from his presence. This is a story in the Bible where one man tried to flee from God's presence. His name was Jonah. God gave, God sent a prophet, God went to Jonah and says, I have a task for you at hand. I want you to go to Nineveh and spread the gospel. And at first, Jonah says, All right, I'll go and spread the gospel. And then in the middle of that, Jonah says, no, we're not going to Nineveh, because that place is wicked. They do not deserve God's love. And so Jonah went away, and went to Joplin to fly to, to Joplin and go to Tarsus. And then, God's like, oh, you know what? Let me go. Let me go to, talk to Joplin and go on that trip, trip to Tarsus. And then on the boat, Jonah was sleeping. And then, all of a sudden, this big storm came. And the crew and the captain's like, what's going on? We had perfect weather. And what happened? Did the weather change? And then, they were all trying to find out what was going on. And then, the crew members came down to the bottom of the ship and saw Jonah sleeping. Imagine. Jonah, who was, who was running away, just sleeping on the boat, just minding his business, not knowing what was going on on the outside. So the crewman looked up Jonah and said, Why aren't you afraid? Why don't you hear this big storm coming in? And why can't I build? And Jonah was like, What is, going, what is happening? So Jonah went up to the top of the ship, we saw that the storm was brewing. And then, and then, then people was asking, like, how do we stop the storm? How do we stop it? And Jonah knew what was happening. I mean, they cast lots, and then 
before they came down to Jonah, they were casting lots. And then the, the lot came to Jonah and says, Who are you? And Jonah says, I'm a prophet from God, delivering a message. I ran from God. And Jonah told what the men should be doing, that they, they, the men should throw Jonah into the sea. And at first they were like, no, we can't throw you out on the sea. It's scary out there. But eventually Jonah convinced them to do it. And once Jonah went into the sea, the storm stopped. And then once the men knew what happened, they praised Jonah's God, which was Jesus, because of what, they, what happened that night. And so, God sent a fish to swallow Jonah up. And then, while in those three days, Jonah was asking God to forgive him. And so, once God forgiven him, he says, I want you to finish my task. I want you to go to Nineveh and spread the gospel. So, Jonah went to Nineveh and still worried and questioning God, like, should I really be doing this? And God says, just desire had mercy on you, even though you fled from my presence. Jonah, just, just as I have love for you, I have the same love for Nineveh, even though they don't recognize me yet. So Jonah went to Nineveh to deliver the gospel. And after that, after the, the people in the community in Nineveh heard the gospel, the king wanted to see what was the commotion about. And the king heard what Jonah had to say. And that day, the king on down believed and that city was saved. And because of that, the city was restored. And Jonah wasn't, I mean, you would say that Jonah would be happy, but he wasn't. But how could you let the city be restored through the wickedness? And God says, because it's my love for them. They repented of their sins, and I have forgiven them. The whole city of the king of down repented and was saved. So we turn to the table that is reserved for you by the king, with all the other sinners who came as they were, who were redeemed and forgiven, set by the sat by the Savior. Jesus is patient with us like he was with Jonah when Jonah tried to flee from God's presence. But God was there giving several chances to Jonah to tell Nineveh about his love still for them. When Jonah asked God for God's forgiveness, God forgave him and told him to finish the task that God had given him. For we cannot outrun God's presence and his love for us. God will literally run to you and say, Here I am. Even though when Jesus was going to be led to the cross, even though the people in that day mocked him, spat on his face, and says, Go, we don't need you. Even though 
the people had, did not recognize who Jesus was. Jesus was like, here I am. I still love you. It's because of his love for us. That's how deep God's love is for us. All who fail and you've been forgiven. All who've been let down and all who've been labeled right or wrong. Come to the table that the King has reserved for you. Take your seat beside the Savior. For he put his love on the line to bear the weight of sin of this whole world. For Lord, I give my life when I am found in Christ. Because Jesus is waiting for you to welcome you home. Will you run to him, to the Father who rescued your life? In song, Jesus take the wheel. We see in this chaos. In the song, she is, she is riding and like not knowing what to do. She's not focused on Jesus. And for us, when, I, when we're trying to do something, and we're in this chaotic moment, where does this focus come from? Panic. She was panic and everything is panic. But God's like, I'm with you. I'm still here with you. For God will never leave us. So, in the book of John, uh, two years ago, my, my church did a performance that I was in. It was a silent play. And at the end of the play, at the, at the end of the play, the, Jesus, the character, came out and says, after the songs and everything else, there this character saying, do you love me? Do you love me? And that's the response tonight is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? When has the cross represented to you? What has he done for you in your life? Before you came to Jesus and after you acknowledge Jesus of who he is. And for us, there are people in your schools, in our community, who probably never heard the gospel. People feel lonely. Those people can be probably confined sitting at a table by themselves because they have no friends. And there are people who may be a bully and probably never really found love because they've been bullying other people. And once you talk to that friend, and when they ask you, how do you handle these things? How do you handle this person or that person? How do you patient with them or her, even though they mistreat you? or the mean to you. And you can just say, it's because when I was lost, and when I felt lonely, Jesus found me at my worst moment. And that peace can sink in, Jesus' peace can sink into that moment. And you can tell them about the gospel and say, it's because I have Jesus, because of my patience, and my time, and my love. It's because it's Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we'd like to thank you for what you have done on the cross.
Torn into dead. 